I mean, these screens are everywhere, but should they be everywhere? Welcome to Sound Remedies, a world of conversation spread across one couple's kitchen table. Kima and Dasha Hamilton are spouses, parents, artists, change agents, and amateur social scientists curious about enhancing their family's health. They trade ideas with listeners, experts, and one another, and question the hand-me-down advice we've all picked up along the way. Sound Remedies is an open conversation about culture and a remix on health and wellness. Some studies have shown sometimes it can increase anxiety, but then I would argue the flip side is, is if you have an isolated person who now can connect with somebody, a long lost family member that they haven't seen in almost two years, this is the next best thing in my opinion. <laughs> ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Hey, Kima. Hey, Dasha. I love that this new virtual work life that we have gives us a chance to have lunch together and coffee breaks together here at the kitchen table. I mean, it's a commute of, what, two minutes from your Zoom space and my Zoom space? Cupcake and deliverables. Cupcake and deliverables. <laughs> it's been an adjustment, and uh, I think it, there's been more pros than cons. Being, being able to work in different time zones in the span of a tab has been a benefit. Different time zones, different places around the world on some of the days. So I had it one day where I had one tab I'm teaching in California, the next tab I'm speaking in Virginia, the next tab I'm in a meeting in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, and then later we're watching some performance of a poet halfway around the world. It was really dope to be able to, to again, have uh, family gatherings. You know, one of the funniest stories of the summer of the pandemic, I think of my kid's life moving forward is watching my dad try to turn the sound on during one of our Zoom calls, you know. Just, just, oh, get, that get mute video button. On, get the that mute, mute on, button. Get... He was so cute. It did create more opportunities for uh, really tender moments. We went to a Zoom wedding. We did. And we, it was beautiful. We were plus ones in different spaces. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> but it is a lot. It is. I've found pros and cons. So I am I am able to do some work in some really phenomenal ways and some phenomenal places with, with phenomenal humans because I have certain Zoom codes. And it is a lot. I had to figure out outside of popping aspirin all day, right? Like, I, like how do I deal with that little tension in the back of my eyes? I mean, does it happen at a, at a certain point in the day? Or do you have you found that right away when you sit down now because it's so much? I got some blue blockers that have uh, definitely helped. I wear those pretty consistently at this point. Between work on my screens and my phone, like I am, I am actually looking at a screen for a lot of hours of the day. And you know, a lot of those hours, I'm paid to do it. And some of those hours is part of where we are just as a society. Before, when it was most uncomfortable, it would happen when I would sign out while I'm while I'm there. Really? While I'm in it doesn't always I don't always feel it. Sometimes you feel a fatigue, but don't you always feel fatigue at work? <laughs> um, <laughs> Whether the break room is digital or down the hall, close the laptop, walk away from the screen, and then it would pound. I think locked in, it would my eyes or you know I'm sure. Dr. Saiti will uh, help us understand what that is. I don't know if my eyes are, you know, adjusted in real time. Oh, honey, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you, 
not only do they look nice on you, they seem to help a lot. Um, you've got several pair that you're wearing. Should we be concerned? Minding the time that we spend in front of the screen isn't necessarily new, but because it's so much now, they're, yeah. I wonder if there are other things we should be concerned about, like you said, because your body adjusted. I mean, these screens are everywhere, but should they be everywhere? Shouldn't be everywhere. I know I know somewhere they shouldn't be. Uh, as as often and frequently as they are. Baby, are we about to talk about the checkout lanes right now? Oh, we, we'll get to the checkout lanes. And I've had an experience with the telehealth mm. um, that was less than fortunate, right? I would even say negative. Very close family member was was experiencing a uh, mental episode on on some on some levels that that were unsafe to him, unsafe to family, and, and, and even unsafe to the public, which is why we brought him to, you know, a facility to have him helped professionally. Everything felt like it normally feels. You go to the ER, you go to the next stop, you sit in the room and we're waiting for a doctor to come in. And then the nurse wheels in this video component. And that's when we find out like this doctor's from another state. To me, in this moment, especially with his condition being as serious as it, as it felt in, in real time, I had problems understanding how they would be able to feel his energy. Even if the doctor was in another department in the building, having a screen, in that room in the moment. Having a screen felt insufficient as a way to address hmm. what he specifically was experiencing in that specific moment. I don't know, if, I, I'm, I know there are, and, and with the pandemic and uh, the shutdown, I know that there have been a lot of advantages to telehealth and all that jazz. Also true. <laughs> now can we talk about the cashiers? <laughs> Let's uh, talk to Dr. Zeti first. Welcome to our kitchen table, Dr. Seti. Thank you so much. We try to invite uh, interesting, cool, and super smart people over to help us understand things that are everyday but still wildly complicated. And so we're glad that you're able to come and shed some light on all of this screen light that's been on our face for more than we planned to for the last year and a half. And it's going to be with us for the foreseeable future. But before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us about your work. Sure. Um, I'm I'm in free safety and I was born in New Jersey but raised in Illinois and then met my wonderful husband and moved to Wisconsin about 13 years ago now. So he claims I moved up in the world. <laughs> we let them have that and that's yeah. well at night. Yeah. And yes, I've become a Packers fan. If you can't fight them, you join them. But I guess it's not a bad thing around here. <laughs> uh, I have two, two beautiful children. Uh, my mother-in-law, who is 82 years old, lives with us as well. So I wear several different hats during a day. Um, I'm a family physician by background. So I do work in the Milwaukee metro region uh, for Advocate Aurora Healthcare. Um, and then I also have an administrative role. So I'm in the clinic part-time and then on meetings, doing Zoom calls the other half of my time. My goodness, all of the brands of care, generational household love. Oh yes. And uh, we're gonna have to keep all these hearts together during this upcoming Packer season. So you have a lot, on, lot in front of you, a lot in yes. front of you. <laughs> as a physician, as a mother, as a daughter, as a daughter-in-law, what are your general thoughts around the new normal of this this virtual reality that we all that we are all experiencing 
Yeah, so I think that's appropriately said. I think this very much is the new normal. And I was actually kind of excited to talk about this topic because I feel like I have really had the opportunity to experience virtual reality in several different ways as it relates to the various roles um, that I have. And so I think the most unique story is my 82-year-old mother-in-law, who I said lives with us. She has had some health issues in the past. And so she, you know, understandably so, was extremely concerned about leaving the house at all during the pandemic, as were many of us. Um, and so because of her health issues, she needed some medical attention. And I do my best, even though I'm a physician, to let her physicians take care of her. So long story short, I was able to secure a virtual appointment for her. But of course, she is not technologically advanced at all, um, you know, as are several people in her generation. Although I should say my father, who is like complete opposite, like he knows more about technology than I do. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, so this was a time where I had to still come into clinic. My husband um, was at his workplace. However, since the children were home because they were being virtually schooled, my 11-year-old daughter at the time helped her log on to her appointment wow. and I thought wow what you know how far have we come you know so wow. it was really a testament to not just the generational you know being able to help each other but bringing the healthcare into our home to make it to allow me to continue to do what I needed to do um, and just really really hit me I think at that moment like wow like this is amazing otherwise before one of us would have to take time off from work and take her in and then she felt uncomfortable because at that time she wasn't vaccinated and so on and so forth so I just think that that is that's one example of you know the benefits but also the drawback of had she not had somebody to help her I think that's the biggest drawback I see these days even with some of my patients you know um so I, I think that's the glimpse of, I was just really struck, I think, in that moment of, wow, this is beautiful, but we're fortunate that we are able to give that to her. Not everyone has those resources. Mm. Very um, true. Where the um, digital divide becomes a digital bridge. Correct. Uh, when I first got my license at 16, uh, there was never a place that my mother felt warranted me driving on my own that I came up with. Right. Can I drive to the movies? No. Can I go to the game? No. Can I? But I could always drive my great grandmother to her doctor's appointments. So at 16, those were those choices that the family made because of scheduling and because of availability. And I was able to drive my great grandmother to her doctor's appointments, which gave me like a sense of responsibility. And, you know, I, I know I matured years during that particular window. So to hear you say that your 11-year-old is is helping her grandmother make it to her doctor's appointments, there's a responsibility that that starts to to mature in in your 11-year-old, you know? Like this is this is an appointment that has to happen and and this version of me needs to show up to make sure uh, that I'm available to do this thing that the village has has entrusted me with. The village um, didn't need you driving to the game. The village did not need you driving to the to the mall. The village didn't need you doing that. But it's interesting that the other side of this, comparing this to this time that we're in to where it's a normalcy. Are there elements of this virtual reality that gives you concern as a physician? Oh, absolutely. Before the pandemic, there was always a concern about 
increasing screen time. And now, especially when a lot of our work functions, social functions revolve around some type of electronic device, um, there's definitely been that concern. I can speak personally, my nine-year-old son, you know, he, yes, he was in virtual school, but honestly, their curriculum did not take the entire eight days or eight hours, excuse me, of a day. Um, and, you know, outside of when it was a nice day, he might go outside and play. But beyond that, what, you know, as a parent, what else can we expect him to do? There's only so much he's going to read. So he definitely developed a fondness for his video games at that time. I think that is unfortunately carried over. Um, and I hear this a lot from my friends and peers, how a lot of these kids in our same age group, we all find that same issue of how do we <laughs> control, you know, what was almost a necessity at some days just to get through the day, um, you know, and how do we reel that back now? Myself, personally, I'm not going to blame this on my kids. I have this phone with me all the time. First thing, your alarm is set. Oh, I set it on my phone. So what do I do? I start scrolling Facebook. Maybe I should use a traditional alarm clock so I don't have that option. You know, I think it's just, it's just permeated our life in several different ways. And like I said, I don't think it's necessarily all bad, but I think it, there's a time and a place for it. Some studies have shown sometimes it can increase anxiety, stress levels with too much screen time. But then I would argue the flip side is, is if you have an isolated person who now can connect with somebody, a long lost family member that they haven't seen in almost two years, I mean, this is the next best thing in my opinion, is being able to at least see and talk to a person virtually. Um, help me help me sort through the difference between digital health, virtual care, telemedicine. Are they the same thing? Are they sure. different? And if so, what is the difference? Sure. So, I mean, there, there are several different kind of avenues, right? So there's these things called video visits, right? Where it's kind of similar to, you can see the person real time, you can and talk real time. Um, there are what we call um, virtual visits, which are sometimes, it's not necessarily connected with video, but you send a message to your provider and they can read at, at whatever time they have. And so it's what we call asynchronous. So it's not real time, but they're still able to address your concern mm. um, in a different manner than you having to be present real time with that provider. The other thing that we have now is telephonic visits where I can't see my patient, but I can literally pick up the phone and have a conversation with them and still charge it as an office visit. I definitely think nothing replaces that in-person, you know, mm. human face-to-face -face interaction. Um, and, and that's not to say, I mean, I can diagnose things and I don't necessarily have to listen to a heartbeat every time for every concern. Um, but, um, but we want you to, I know, I it know. doesn't feel like we've been checked up on unless you put unless the stethoscope on our back. I know that is very, I, I, I can understand that. It's just like my females who say I need a pap every year when the guidelines say, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you have to reassure them that it's okay. <laughs> just anecdotally, I think the younger generation, they don't care about the physician patient relationship as much as some of my older patients. What guidance can you offer to help humans engage in virtual healthcare? Absolutely. Well, most organizations, including our own, you know, they have some type of app, right? That you can message your doctor directly, you can pay your bills, you can look at your lab results. So I find that to be really satisfying when I can literally 
click, make a few clicks and get the answers I need in a timely manner. I can get the information at the tip of my fingertips. There was a law recently that now allows patients to be able to actually see their clinical notes. It's called open notes. I really encourage you as patients to take advantage of that opportunity just to make sure that you understand the treatment plan. I think it helps you become an advocate for yourself. Mm. I was about to say it turns your health care into a hands-on activity, but your health care has always been a hands-on activity. I really haven't heard a, a reason to dislike it other than it's different and I don't get to smile at my doctor and have the stethoscope on my back every time. But that's a really, a really interesting and, a, and encouraging mm-hmm. dynamic, even from someone who's a self-proclaimed WebMD physician. Um, I probably <laughs> am not the patient who should have access to notes because you're going to come back to the file and I've added my own little commentary. So you've got people like me uh, who probably shouldn't have that feature on the telehealth app. But that's a really great reminder that it it gets everyone. You don't feel as if you're, all of your health is in the physician's hands and these terms right. that you don't understand and these files that you don't have access to. Now we're all on our care team. See, baby, this is where we're going to. Go. What I just heard was if your mother is like my mother, I at least get to know what's going on at a point where we can start creating systems to be able to address the thing. My mother has been historically really private about what happens when the door is closed. Mm. When she comes out, like, hey, you know, what do you say? Oh, everything's good. But to your point, Kima, I mean, I have patients that that it's very true that they get concerned. You know, we'll give a printout, let's say, at the end of the visit that lists a lot of their diagnoses. And they get very concerned about certain sensitive topics because they're like, well, I don't want my family member to see X, Y, or Z. Um, So, I mean, uh, in all of this, we still have to be very mindful of, of the patient's privacy. And we're, you know, we're very big on HIPAA. Um, and making sure that that we're still following the rules and not, you know, not anyone can just have access, you know, obviously to their records. So um, I just want to make sure that 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 you know, we are mindful of the flip side of this. So while it's nice to, yes, be involved, we also have to make sure they want us to be involved. So. Of course, my mother wants me to be involved yeah, of course, in, right? in every intimate healthcare decision she has going on in her life. Absolutely, she wants right. the middle child involved for sure. Oh. When I first started training, we were it was all about paper charts, right? Like I had to handwrite all my notes. I had to go if I didn't have the file. I don't know what happened at the last visit. So, you know, I've seen this evolution of the electronic medical record, and. Um, you know, it's definitely helped me become more, I guess, feel more comfortable that I see the full picture. The name of the podcast is Sound Remedies, mm-hmm. right? So in, in the spirit of uh, making ourselves available to all of the things, um, reaching back deep into your recesses, you know, what remedies uh, do you now swear by and what are some ideas that you've come to revise? It's interesting because I rely on my technology to set the mood in the morning. I download like my specific prayers or whatnot to kind of help ground me, start my day on a positive note. And then I'll have my stressful day. And by the end of the day, I have another set of uh, Indian like heavy drums 
that type of stuff to kind of decompress that on my drive back. I, I need my phone for it because it's not available on the radio. For me, that's how I think I, I utilize my culture to help me on a daily basis. Growing up, they were always like, oh, don't sit too close to the screen because your eyes will go bad or whatnot. You know? <laughs> so there's always that. If you watch too much at night, it blurs your vision and this and that. So just having to sometimes remind myself from a scientific standpoint that may not always necessarily be be true but those things weren't um, true i don't know i still tell my kids though the same thing so <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep that going excellent we're yeah. gonna keep that going we're gonna keep that going since i've, I've uh one question apologize for calling you sis it sounds really relaxed it's, it's great doctor it's funny you say that because we call everyone auntie and uncle, even if they're not related to us in our Indian culture. They're, they're, my friends' parents were all aunties and uncles. So sis is perfect. <laughs> you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you wear several hats. It's impossible to discuss this virtual reality without discussing the fact that you, um, with school-aged children, have had to put on your educator hat, lunchroom lady hat, uh, bus driver hat. Yes. What has that educational experience been like for you um, navigating this with school-aged children? Trying to develop a schedule, you know, where this is where you sleep, this is where you eat. And, you know, now all of a sudden I had to move into the dining room and use that as my office space. So um, things kind of mm. start to blur, right? And, and, and so, oh, my God, food. Oh, can we just, like, talk about, like... Meal planning. Oh my goodness. I, I used to have to worry about like dinner, right? Uh, because they get breakfast and lunch at school. And now all of a sudden, by the way, they need snacks too. Um, yeah. So that, that was a nightmare. That was, <laughs> uh, once again, I feel fortunate that I have that extra set of hands in my household, having a mother-in-law there to help. Um, you know, I, I do feel for single parents or single providers who, you know, I there's three adults for two kids and we are overwhelmed at times. So I really applaud those people who figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, with less resources. But, you know, and it's unfortunate it took a pandemic, but I do feel like we shared more meals together as a family. We did family walks, you know. Um, we connect, I mean, every person's birthday, we did a zoom call where we had 20 people online, you know, where normally we wouldn't do that kind of stuff. So I, you know, it, like I said, I, I do feel that it took something like this to happen, but you know, I guess the Pollyanna in me has to think about, well, what are some of the positives that have come out of this? So we can't forget those things, I suppose. <laughs> Not at all. Thank you for that reminder. One of the things we're asking with this idea of sound and song. So we talked about the chimes and the gongs and the drums that get you personally going. And we're putting together a, a playlist of sorts. So what would be a song? Or if you have a list that runs through your head immediately, we'll take them all. What would be a song that you would add to a playlist called virtual reality or telehealth? I don't know. Are you familiar with Pangara music? No. Um, it, it's from like the Punjab area, Northern India. Mm -hmm. um, Punjabi MC, I think he had a popular song on the radio at one point. Um, trying to think of something mainstream. Yeah, oh, I like that too. 
even that Jay Ho song, right? That was a Jay pretty Ho. popular song. That's the one on the soundtrack. Oh, Slumdog Millionaire? That Slumdog one? Millionaire. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess that's just what I resonate. Like, I, I just need stuff that's upbeat and keeps me going. So. I do have one other health question, which makes sense in the health conversation before we let you go. Uh, We're talking about the impact, the stress of technology and the stress um, of these familiar and still unfamiliar ways of doing everything. Are there physical impacts or physical concerns to pay attention to health-wise, biologically, physiologically that we could be mindful of or we should be aware of in this heavy technical virtual spirit we're in? I mean, I think, you know, definitely having screen-free zones, whether it be in your house or at your work or whatnot, and time as well, where you have designated time that, you know, if I'm doing X, Y, or Z activity, there won't be a phone. We started implementing that at our dinner table. It's not always about quantity, but quality, right? So what are you doing with your screen time? Are you connecting with your loved ones or are you just you know, doing something that is kind of mindless. I mean, we, we all need breaks. And, and so, uh, you know, I consider listening to music something healthy. And for some people that helps relax them at night and, and can help with their sleep. So I think, you know, it does, you know, depend on what you're doing too. Um, you know, if you're reading politics at night and you're pretty passionate about that, that may not be the best thing to do right before you go to bed. Noted. Noted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. And thank you for stopping by. Thank you for all of this insight and these ideas. And also to remind us that even with your professional background, like like Kima said, you're a mom and a wife and a daughter-in-law and a neighbor also trying to figure it out and keep yourself sane and spirited. So I like the Pollyanna outlook. We're all human. We're all in this together. So I really appreciate this opportunity. It's very Thank nice you. to meet both of you. Thank you for coming to hang out at our kitchen table. I really appreciate yeah. this uh, conversation. Look forward to maybe having future conversations. In person, maybe. Someday. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Amon Preet. Throw that doctor in there. I'm sure your parents want to hear that. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you, sis, so much. No problem. Have a great day. And shouts out to your 11-year-old. Um, that was huge. Like, you know, it's huge. It's, it's small right now as like a chore on, on their to-do list. Um, and in the span of like time and, and what that means generationally and and the impact and, you know, like, yeah, I think congratulations and shout out to your 11 year old. Thank you. I'll share that with her. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot to take in. Dr. Sati brought it today, baby. Whew, what? I, I don't even know where to start. What's What stood out for you? What's your biggest takeaway from what she um, shared? How she was able to articulate how 
the different parts of her are engaging with this new reality. She, she is a, a mother of a school-age child who had to go online. She's a doctor who's having to balance this, keeping herself safe, keeping her patients safe, being available to her patients. She's a daughter. She's a daughter-in-law. And uh, she seems present in, in each one of those particular roles. I think she is in pursuit of of the of the pros, which which feel feels different than kind of looking and waiting for the cons of of, of all of this. I didn't feel like she was naive about about some of the negative uh, impacts of uh, on our on our mental health and on our physical self. I just feel she's um, also in real time seeking out the positives of it all. You're right. It does um, help to remember that <laughs> doctors are people too. We were laughing about that earlier, but they're not just this um, role that's imposing this this new thing on us. Um, they're also, like you said, parents and patients and spouses and, and they're experiencing it in the same way. What I took away, what I heard is that I'm able to still question if it's necessarily, like, like you were saying, an insufficient thing or if it's just feels foreign. I still believe that I haven't had a checkup unless I've somebody's unless they put the little stethoscope on my back and had me take a deep breath. Which is not gonna happen on a televisit. But when I got my eyes checked by the doctor and he was in the screen, I still had my eyes checked and I got new glasses. Was able to do a phone checkup. I know or rather it was a video, but I was able to do it on my phone, a follow up with a doctor. So there are probably more pros and cons and maybe this is a new thing that we should resist. <laughs> it just feels like we should resist it. Oh goodness. Um, except like she said, it adds up some levels of convenience and n- new ways to be safe and new ways to stay healthy. Somewhere in the middle of the truth. Like in my head, I was making tally marks around pros and cons. <laughs> um, really cartoonish and problematic in this specific conversation. I think every patient is different. So in the case of a family member, I think telehealth failed us mm. as a family. And and in, at the same time, to your particular point, I think telehealth has been the reason that I am able to engage my you know healthcare in a, in a way that wasn't imaginable two years ago. You know, and at my particular age, <laughs> yeah, to, um, start making these appointments more consistently and it does say it does again help. say it again i have to start making these appointments more consistently okay thank you i love you too <laughs> hey i want to respond to the uh virtual insanity I am totally a natural social distancer, so I love the um, the distance between me and other people. Um, but when I do get overwhelmed with uh, virtual reality, I love silence. Silence is golden. No TV, no radio, not even music, not even my favorite songs. I just love the silence. Then I can recalibrate. Um, I can hear um, what uh, a friend of mine uh, once said was, I get to listen to God. And from there, I get to know what I'm supposed to do. And then I'm able to get back into the fray again. And I'm able to get back online as if uh, I never missed a beat. But silence, Um, silence is golden. And um, it is refreshing and it is mindful. You are... You have to be brave to sit in the silence. And I think I'm fearless. Um, It's been challenging 
probably just like not being able to see people and like interact with other people my age. And I think it's been tough on other people too because the first school fight was like in three days. And I think it was better to be a virtual school because we didn't have to wake, actually we did have to wake up at 7.30 in the morning, but I didn't have to go to the school building and do all that. We didn't have to get dressed in a nice outfit. We could just wear our pajamas and go to school. That's how it affected me being virtual. joining our virtual kitchen table for the second episode of Sound Remedies. Join us next time for our men's health discussion. In an era of information, wellness, transformation, and wokeness, how are males of all ages still resisting healthcare until the last healthy moment? A bigger question is how to shift the narrative and urge more fellas, especially black and brown men, to prioritize regular checkups. Dasha and I inventory men's mixed bag of messages, share stories of resistance and resolution, and learn about common life cycles for men and our most under-discussed health issues. Sound Remedies is brought to you by Advocate Aurora Healthcare, 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, and The Retreat, MKE.